You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today is Wednesday, April 14th, and today marks the beginning of spring signing period in college basketball. High school athletes can officially sign their letters of intent today, which means the Chet Holmgren watch intensifies a little bit more. He's still not announced any commitment date of any kind, uh, but on Tuesday he was named uh, both Minnesota uh, Basketball Player of the Year and Max Preps National Player of the Year. Uh, he finished the season, just this is ridiculous. He finished the season averaging 20.8 points, 12.6 rebounds, four and a half assists, four and a half blocks, while shooting an absolutely absurd 80% from the field. 8 0, 80% from the field. Are you serious? Boy, would that be nice to have in Spokane next year. Okay, today on the show, we are talking about Chet Holmgren's old teammate, Jalen Suggs. As we continue our player reviews from the season, we will talk about Suggs' incredible year in Spokane, and then we're going to finish the show talking about Leanne Wirth and her senior season. Before we get to all that, here are the news and notes for the day. We start with some just awful, awful news from Gonzaga Baseball. Uh, they beat Washington State on Tuesday 9 to nothing, but the game was called in the uh, sixth inning with the Zags up 9-0 after Stephen Lund, who's one of their better players. He's one of the, he's been one of the best players all season. Uh, he, he slid awkwardly and very, very hard into second base and just suffered a gruesome, gruesome broken leg. Uh, the Pullman Fire Department had to be called on site, and uh, the two teams got together and said that the, there's no reason to continue playing this game because this, this injury was much, much bigger than a baseball game. So... Um, prayers go out to Stephen Lund and the entire Gonzaga baseball team, and hopefully he recovers just as fast as possible. Um, so all good vibes that you guys have, send them out to Stephen Lund. On the Gonzaga basketball front, they've added a non-conference game this coming season, a home game against North Florida. These two teams were supposed to play of November of this past season. that just happened. But the pandemic ruined a lot of Gonzaga's non-conference schedule. Had to rework some things. But that game will be back again this coming year. Gonzaga will be paying North Florida $95,000, according to D1 Docket. North Florida is part of a non-conference schedule that has reportedly confirmed games against Duke in Las Vegas, a game against Texas Tech in Phoenix. They're going to play in the Empire Classic in New York against two teams uh, between Louisville, Oklahoma State, and Providence. So they'll get two games out of those three teams. They're going to be playing a home-and-home series that starts at Texas, which we'll get to in just a second. And then home games against Arizona and Washington. They have three non-conference games that were canceled last year that I believe are supposed to be back on the schedule this year, but I don't think that they have been confirmed yet. And those are games against Bellarmine and Tarleton State and Northern Arizona. So we'll see if those three bye games get back onto the schedule. The Kansas series starts in Lawrence in the 22-23 season and then return games in Spokane in the 23-24 season. We're going to take a second to talk about that Texas team uh, for a second because they probably get to be 
a top three non-conference opponent for Gonzaga next season. Uh, Chris Beard, the old Texas Tech coach, is now at Texas, and they got Devin Askew uh, to commit to them off the transfer portal. Uh, the transfer from Kentucky was a um, a target for Gonzaga. At least they had some interest. I don't know how deep it was, but there was at least a little bit of interest there. And so they get Devin Askew. They also get Andrew Jones to return to school to use his extra year of eligibility. And then they also get Utah transfer Timmy Allen. So a huge day for Texas basketball yesterday and a big day for Chris Beard, who's now in charge of the Longhorns. Like I said, Texas definitely going to be a top three non-conference game for Gonzaga next year. They should open the season in the top 20. So that'll be a fun game next year in the Lone Star State. Devin Askew may not be available anymore, but another name to keep an eye on is Dejon Davis, who's transferring out from Stanford. Davis was a four-year starter for the Cardinal. He started 97 games in his career. He averaged right around 10, anywhere between 9 and 11 points all four years while he was at Stanford. And if you remember correctly, Dejon Davis had Gonzaga in his final group of schools before he committed to Stanford coming out of high school. So guarantee there's going to be some interest there uh, from Gonzaga. They're really in the in the market for another guard off the transfer market. I think the biggest question for Gonzaga is going to be whether they want a grad transfer guard who's going to be there for one year or if they want somebody kind of in the in the mold of Devin Askew. Obviously, he's not available anymore, but somebody like him who is maybe a freshman or a sophomore with multiple years of eligibility that can be used a little bit this season, but then can take over, you know, 20 to 25 minutes the following season. So we'll see what happens. But Dejon Davis is a name to keep an eye on in the transfer portal for Gonzaga. Here's everything we know about the Arizona coaching search right now. It is an absolute mess. The I feel like it's pretty obvious at this point that the alumni and former players don't want Tommy Lloyd. And so I said, there's, there's only two ways that Tommy Lloyd probably doesn't get this job. One is he has a conversation with Mark Few and Mark Few says, hey, I'm gonna retire in the next five years or so and then you'll have the job. And number two, the alumni base gets so loud that it basically overturns what the president of Arizona wants because that's the guy who's in charge of the search as a president, not the athletic director. Um, I mean, if you could follow Arizona sources and they'll tell you just the, the relationship between the president and the athletic director and who actually runs the show over there, it's just chaos. Um, but it, it, there's a, enough voices of the alumni base right now that don't want Tommy Lloyd and would rather have somebody within the Arizona family, somebody like a Damon Stoudemire. Um, and so right now, honestly, I don't think Tommy gets the job anymore. And I didn't think that would be the case um, up until pretty much today. I honestly don't know who's going to get the job anymore. Josh Pastner's name has become more popular in the last 24 hours. So um, who knows? But Arizona's coaching search is an absolute mess. And if that leads to Tommy Lloyd staying in Spokane, selfishly, Gonzaga fans will feel okay about it. Um, obviously, if he does go to Arizona, every single one of us knows he's ready for a head coaching job and we're going to wish him the best and root for him over there. But um, selfishly, obviously, I think we'd all wish that he uh, ends up remaining in Spokane. So we'll see what happens. A couple other transfer portal things around the WCC. Uh, BYU guard Connor Harding is going to transfer to Utah Valley. He was a role player all three years uh, that he was at BYU. He averaged basically six points all three years, averaged right around 20 minutes. 
Uh, he may have a little bit more of a role at Utah Valley. He'd kind of gotten pushed out by the Gideon George and the Caleb Loners that BYU brought in who offered a little bit more dynamic play than him. So Connor Harding out at BYU going to Utah Valley. Cedric Altman, uh, who was at Pepperdine, he was on the all-freshman team in the 1920 season. And then he started 22 games this year, averaged eight points, three rebounds, two assists. And honestly, he would probably be one of their best players on the roster next year. Uh, but for whatever reason, he decided to transfer, and he's going to be transferring over to Ryder. And then San Diego, another active day in the transfer portal. Uh, they lost Jared Rodriguez, who was a 6'7 forward. Uh, he, ended up, he, he came into San Diego three years ago after the 18-19 uh, season. He averaged 11 points at Idaho and was a starter there. Came to San Diego and played significantly less than what he played at Idaho. Um, he ended up just being a role player for San Diego. Averaged five or six points in both of his two years at San Diego. And he is now leaving San Diego and going to Idaho State. So they lose one forward and they bring in another. This is their fourth different transfer that they've brought in in the last two weeks. They've got two forwards and two guards. The latest is 6'6", 240-pound Marcellus Erlington, who is kind of in the mold of Mark Vidal. Uh, not a, a huge score. He was a uh, rotation player at St. John's the last two years over in the Big East. Average anywhere between seven and nine points, but he's a really, really good rebounder. He'll just beat you up inside, uh, and so it gives them a little bit more strength and a little different uh, look than a lot of the bigs that they've used to have. So uh, the fourth different transfer for San Diego, they're going to have a completely different roster next year. We'll see how all of those pieces kind of add up together. And finally, since we talked about Corey Kispert on the show yesterday, I didn't want to leave today without mentioning his goodbye letter that he wrote on Instagram. If you did not see it on Instagram or you don't have Instagram, if you don't do social media, if you never saw it, I will read it to you right now. It is uh, basically everything we talked about yesterday about what it means to really be a Zag. So here is his Instagram. What does it mean to be a Zag? I've been asked this question a lot over the years and I've answered it in a lot of different ways. Words like family, brotherhood, and unforgettable come to mind, but none of those seem to do it justice. If any of you have had the privilege to spend your career in Spokane, you know what I mean. There is something about playing basketball for Gonzaga that is truly indescribable to people on the outside, but it's more than that. It's knowing that your teammates will be in your wedding. It's knowing that they absolutely care more about you than they care about themselves. It's understanding that they will be a big part of you for the rest of your life. It means that you will always have a home in Eastern Washington, no matter how far away you go. I am forever grateful for my time here. Not every day was amazing. In fact, there were countless bad ones, but the good far outweighs the bad. I was surrounded by amazing people, won a ton of games, and became a way better player than I could have ever thought. And all credit goes to this place. So if you ever wonder what it means to be a Zag, just look at this picture. This does way more justice than any answer I could ever give you. Two people with stories that couldn't be more different, both finding a home and a family in Spokane and finding so much joy while doing it. Thank you for letting me be a small chapter of an amazing story. I'll never forget it. I hope I made you all proud. So much love. Corey Kispert. And the picture that he had posted was him giving a huge hug to Joel Eyei. So those are the two players with completely different paths who both have had just remarkable uh, four-year careers. They came in together in the 2017 recruiting class. They're both going out together into the NBA draft. So a huge shout out to Corey Kispert. And he absolutely did make every single one of us proud. 
All right, coming up, we're going to talk about another NBA prospect, Jalen Suggs. We did a whole podcast on Suggs about two weeks ago, uh, but I think <laughs> I think we could do 10 podcasts on Jalen Suggs and probably still not give the credit that he is due. Is there any chance at all that he comes back to Spokane? I will give my thoughts on that in just a minute. But first, you know what I'm going to say. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate and all bars. It's even perfect for keto diets. There are over 20 amazing flavors, including peanut butter, caramel brownie, banana bread, and many more. All of them soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The cookies and cream bar that everybody loves, for example, 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. So go to Built Bar and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It is really hard for a five-star prospect to completely exceed expectations when they're in college. For my money, Jalen Suggs completely exceeded all expectations in a Gonzaga uniform from the minute he stepped onto the floor. He started his career with an alley-oop one minute into the season against Kansas. Just completely postered some dude. And then like two games later, we all thought his season was over against West Virginia. He went down, I think 95% of us thought that that was a torn Achilles and we would never be able to watch Jalen Suggs play again in a Gonzaga uniform. And that three games with him was not enough. And I think every single one of us were heartbroken for Jalen Suggs more than anything else. But selfishly as fans, we wanted to see more of him and it was gonna suck that we only got three games with him. Instead, he showed his toughness right away, and he returned during the West Virginia game. Uh, Andrew Nemhar was obviously the reason why they won, but Suggs had a huge impact when he came back, helped them win that game, and continue uh, their undefeated season. And so two weeks later, after a COVID pause that took them out for you know 17 days, whatever it was, he comes out, he hits seven threes to help beat Iowa. He was the best player on the court at BYU in Provo. He scored 24 points to beat the Cougars. He had two threes to give Gonzaga a WCC title over those same Cougars. He was two assists shy of a triple-double in their Elite Eight win against USC. Then he hit the shot in the Final Four against UCLA. And then he was the only one to do anything really offensively against Baylor. Jalen Suggs was the man all season long. He did everything he could for this team to get where they were. And for me, the best part about all of it, Jalen Suggs wanted to be here. This was not just a six-month stop at a, in a random city that a lot of one-and-dones go through on their way to the NBA. Jalen Suggs wanted to be in Spokane to help Gonzaga win a national championship, and he wanted to be in Spokane to grow as a basketball player and as a human being. He was invested the entire way, and I think that's what made us be invested in him. And you could see it. You could see it in his emotions. Um, he cried after they beat BYU in the WCC tournament. Cried, you know, tears of joy. 
And I think maybe the coolest picture of the entire season was Jalen Suggs hold, you know, on the floor, hugging the WCC Tournament MVP trophy while laying in a pile of confetti. All season long, uh, Mark Few just admired how coachable Jalen was. And then after they lost in the title game, Few was asked about, you know, what he told Jalen. And he simply said that he thanked Jalen for everything. He thanked Jalen for being an incredible teammate. Uh, he thanked Jalen for being willing to learn all the time. And I, I think that there's probably no better word for the Gonzaga fan base's feelings toward Jalen than thankful. You know, thankful he chose this community. Thankful for the moments that he provided us all season long. Thankful he allowed us to be a part of his journey. And thankful that he paved the way for future five-star guards. I mean, his impact on this program is going to be felt for many, many, many years. And now we get to watch him thrive in the NBA. He's likely going to be a top three pick. Uh, I think his the worst case scenario at this point is a three, maybe worse worst case scenario is a top four pick. Um, and so the, you know, the, some people are holding out hope, you know, and, and I don't blame them that he comes back for his sophomore year, right? He didn't get the college experience. Uh, he didn't win the national championship. In all likelihood, his former teammate and one of his good friends, Chet Holmgren, is going to be on campus. So why not come back? Uh, you know, your draft stock's not going to get any worse, right? So why not come back, play in front of the fans, um, you know, play with your your one of your best friends, your former teammate, help win a national championship for the school that you really, really love. Um, but I just, you know, I think Gonzaga's coaches more than anybody are going to be like, you know what? I love that. I love you, but you need to go to the NBA because you have to do that. Um, so it just it it just suck. It does suck that he never got to play really in front of many fans all season long. It sucks that he never got to play in front of the kennel. He didn't really get that college experience. Not necessarily even just with you know playing in front of fans, but he didn't get the college experience of having a social life, right? Because they were just isolated pretty much the entire year. So um, I wouldn't blame him at all if he had those thoughts of coming back for another year just to have that college experience. And I think that would just be incredible. Um, but for his career, uh, you know, he's he's off to the NBA. I think he is going to uh, have a remarkable career. And I do I do hope, one last thing on, on the fan thing, I really do hope that he comes back for a game and, uh, you know, one of the big games where the kennel is absolutely packed, he makes that appearance before the game or at halftime or something, and the fans can just give him a huge standing ovation and, and give him the respect that he deserves and he has earned over the last, you know, six months or so. But when he gets to the NBA, I think he's going to excel. He's got, you know, explosiveness in transition. He's got an incredibly, incredibly quick first step. He's got really good vision. He's got great passing ability. And I think he's going to excel with even more space to work, right? The NBA's got way more space because uh, there's no, you know, you can't just sit in the paint. You can't have a shot blocker just sit in the paint the whole time. So he's going to have more space to work. Um his three-point shot is improved for the most part over the year. It's it's probably the weakest part of his game. Um, he's a really good defender as well. But if his three-point shot gets at a you know a high level, right? I mean, he's going to have a, an incredibly long career with several several All-Star game appearances. So if this is indeed the end of Jalen Suggs' career in Spokane, it was truly an incredible six-month ride, and every single one of us is thankful that we got to be a very small part of it. Coming up, we end the show talking about Leanne Worth. She was the defensive-minded of the two twins. She was a three-year starter 
had a huge impact in her four years of Spokane, but we'll talk about her offensive growth that she showed uh, in a Bulldogs uniform. So we'll get to her in just a second. But first, if you want a place to bet on any of the NFL draft props coming up, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, tune in April 19th through the 26th and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So people may not remember this, but Leanne Worth actually had more playing time than Jen Worth to start their careers. After being a role player as a freshman, it was actually Leanne who got the starting spot as a sophomore while Jen came off the bench. Out of the two of them, Leanne was always kind of the defensive-minded and rebounding forward while Jen had kind of, you know, more of the scoring knack. Uh, But the development of Leanne's efficiency over her final three years was just remarkable. As a sophomore, she shot 41% from the field. As a junior, that increased to 47%. And then as a senior this year, they jumped all the way to 58% from the field. As a freshman, she shot 45% from the free throw line. As a senior, 84% from the free throw line. So she continued to improve her offensive game while she was in Spokane, while her defensive game kept thriving the entire time. She was second on the team in blocks, second on the team in steals her junior season. But then you look up her offensive stats as a senior, and all of a sudden she's third on the team in scoring, second in field goal percentage, third in free throw percentage, second in rebounding, shattered her career high in assists. And in a game where basically everyone seemed to struggle in their tournament loss to Belmont, Leanne Worth was 5-for-5 five five from the field and had 8 rebounds. So she may not get the accolades that her sister got. And to be honest, I think Leanne was probably just the biggest snub from the uh, all-league WCC teams. Because at worst, she should have been a second-team player. Uh, but make no mistake, I mean, she was just as important as anyone in this Gonzaga machine that churned out a WCC title. Churned out a 5-seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I, I mentioned it yesterday, but there's just there's a long list of Gonzaga forwards in the last decade who have just excelled in Spokane. You can add both Worth sisters to that list because both of them deserve it for taking this Gonzaga program to levels that it really had never reached before. And they paved the way for the next group of Gonzaga forwards like Yvonne Ejim and Eliza Hollingsworth, who should have huge roles next season. And so now Leanne has her name in the WNBA draft, and the WNBA draft is coming up tomorrow night. Out of the three Gonzaga players in the draft, both Leanne and Jen Worth, and then also Jill Townsend, um, Leanne's probably the least likely to see her name called, but you never know. Um, But if she wants to have a career, you know, playing basketball overseas, I think she has the all-around game to do so. Uh, She's likely never going to be an elite scorer, 
But like I said, she's improved every year in that area, and she's still a phenomenal rebounder. She's a great interior defender, and basically every team in the entire world can use players like that. So we'll see what happens tomorrow in the draft, but whatever does happen, it was a pleasure to have Leanne Worth play four years in a Gonzaga uniform, and she left the program a much, much better place than when she entered. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Before I go, I got to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Our friend Jules did my wife a huge solid yesterday, so I wanted to give her a shout out. So hello, Jules. Alrighty, tomorrow on the show, we continue our player reviews with Aaron Cook on the men's side, Sierra Walker on the women's side. Walker was a senior this season, and she has already decided that she's going to come back and use her extra year of eligibility. Will Aaron Cook do the same thing? I will give my thoughts on that tomorrow on the show. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? Why do you root for Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I will read those stories every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you don't do social media and you want to email the show, you can do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.